Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, Happy New Year to everyone. Hope you're, you're ready. Are you feeling ready? Are you feeling refreshed? Well, you're still getting over last year. I think about both of those things happen. You know, I, I was thinking about it and I was thinking about what's the most important thing I can do. And the most important thing in my life is actually my relationship with the Lord. And sometimes that takes work. And sometimes I feel really close to him. I don't know how you, do you feel really close to him, intimate with him? Well, sometimes I feel that way and other times I feel like I've, I've moved away a little bit. I mean, he's nearby, hasn't left me. I haven't forgotten about him, but he's not so close. And then at other times in my life, I think God seems very distant and I wonder where he is. But I know that God hasn't really changed. He's always with us. He's always close to us. It's just us that move away from him slightly. I have this mental picture. I sometimes think in pictures, so if you don't, you'll think it's strange. But I have this mental picture of being with God and walking with him hand in hand. It doesn't enable me to see what God really looks like, but I feel like we're walking and he holds onto me tightly and mostly I hold onto him tightly as well. But then there are those moments where I loosen my grip with God I move a little bit away from him and I, I try to work things out my own way. You ever try to do that? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. And I, but I just think I'll, I'll work out how to do this. I can take control of this myself. And it doesn't always work out better. I should know better. And God always waits for me to come back to him. Because God understands that we do these kind of things. You know, Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. So God understands that we, we think differently and we do different things that are not always what he would want us to do. So despite me knowing the truth of those words, I still try to work it out myself. And sometimes, as I say, I loosen my hand grip on God a little bit. I cut myself a little bit loose to do what I think I should do. So today I wanted to share with you an incident that happened quite a number of years ago where I tried to do it myself and God was still holding on tightly to me. You know, a few years ago I was, uh, I was attending a, a statewide retreat of pastors and other people engaged in ministry. It's supposed to be a great time. It was at Stanwell Tops, which is a lovely place to be. And uh, there would be some teaching and worship, a lot of networking and meeting people and catching up with people and sharing. That should be great, shouldn't it? But it didn't feel that way to me because I was feeling weary and disinterested and I didn't really want to be there. I was tired, I was worn out. I was, I was dealing with people, their problems and their expectations and I wanted to escape. And during those times, my Bible reading becomes a task. It's a duty, something I just do rather reluctantly because I know I should. 
and my prayer becomes a bit token as well, just words without the meaningful, deep, meaningful encounter with, with God. And in my mental picture of God, me walking hand in hand, I know that I've loosened my hand from his, but he's still holding on. So opening up my devotional book and my Bible that day, these are the words that came to me. Can we have the first slide, please? There we are. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, I have to tell you, I confess, that my reaction to that was, really, God? <laughs> you, uh, if I had rest, surely I'd be at home with my feet up and I'd have the TV on, watching sport or a movie, or maybe I'd draw aside to read a book. But you've got me at this conference <laughs> where I have to engage with people and I have to listen to people teaching me and I have to try to engage in worship and I just don't want to be there. Don't know whether you ever feel that way. But what I didn't know that day was that God was going to remind me that he's always present and he was going to give me rest, real rest that comes from him. So let me tell you, share what happened that day. We did the morning session, we did teaching, we did worship, we did relating to people and that's all very lovely. And the afternoons there are normally free. You're normally free to network with people, to do whatever you feel like doing. And one of my friends, David, he's a, a pastor up on the Central Coast, he said, hey, you know where we normally go down to the water and we have coffee, why don't we do that again? And I said, yeah, that's great, we'll do that. And he said, but instead of driving down there, why don't we walk down there? Well, it's quite steep. And I said, okay. So we started to wind our way down the slopes, down towards the bottom, heading for the water. And while we're doing that, David and I shared and did a catch up of what's happening in our family lives and of course, what's happening in our churches. And as we came towards the bottom, we could see the railway ahead and we were gonna cross over the railway, which we did. And we crossed over the railway and it comes into this lovely little park. And we could see ahead of us, here was the, there's one bench seat there and we could see there was a woman sitting there. And we started to walk towards her and as we came closer to her, we realized she was an indigenous woman and we realised also she was drinking out of a bottle in a brown paper bag. <laughs> Do you want to guess what she was drinking? She had one of those long neck beer bottles. <laughs> well, we were avoiding her. We, we don't want to really connect with her. And so we walked past her and we'd done, we'd probably walked maybe six, seven metres away from her. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me clearly, go back and talk to her. So I said to David, David, I think we're meant to go and talk to this lady. And he gave me this very strange look, really, do we have to do this? And we went back and we sat on the, I sat on the bench alongside her and David sat the other side of me. And as we were sitting there, I started to talk to her. Her name was Eve. 
not a hard name to remember, not in biblical terms, Eve. And Eve started to talk to me and I wondered why we were there. And Eve started to open up about her story. And I realised I'm in a sacred space here, God. This is where you wanted me to be. And Eve's story was a, a painful, awful story to hear. It was a story from her childhood to now a grown-up woman, one of abuse. She had been physically, emotionally and sexually abused by family, by friends and by complete strangers. It was so painful to hear. And when she'd finished, I started to talk to her about my friend, Jesus, who had loved her all her life, who knew everything that had gone on in her life. Well, we shared for a few minutes and then I said to Eve, hey Eve, we're, we're on our way to near the water and we're gonna have a coffee, would you like to come? David gave me one of those funny looks like, really, you wanna invite her? And so she threw the bottle back over her shoulder into the park, sorry for the littering, but that's what happened. And we walked along, we found our place out in the open where we normally sit, a table and chairs. And I said to Eve, are you hungry? And I went and bought her some hot chips and a coffee. And as we sat there, I told her more about my friend Jesus. I told her how you come to Jesus. I told her that he loved her. I told her that he came to die for her, for her sins. And I told her exactly how you need to come to God, to accept him as your Lord and Saviour. But Eve wasn't ready to do those things. And as I sat with her, I said, and we, it came to that time when we needed to go back to where we came from, back to the retreat, Eve, back to wherever she was going. I said, Eve, can I pray for you? And she turned to me silently and stared at my face for what seemed like a long time. And she said, no one has ever prayed for me. How sad that is. And I said, well, let's pray together. And as I went to do so, she reached out and she held my hand. And I prayed for her. I prayed that she would come to know the Lord Jesus. I prayed that she would find peace from all the things that have happened and nothing can change all that. And I prayed that she would have protection that would stop people from abusing her in the future. As I finished praying for her, Eve was still holding my hand and I looked at her and she had a tear running down both cheeks of her face. She went on her way and we went on ours. I've never seen her since, but I prayed. I knew from God that a seed of faith was placed in her and I've often prayed that someone will come and water that and that Eve will find peace and find Jesus in her life. And for me, I wasn't looking for more ministry. I was thinking I needed to have my feet up watching TV. But I experienced what Jesus means. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I experienced great rest that day. You know, when we want to find rest, it's, it's hard to find sometimes because we're busy. You know, when you're physically tired, 
you normally stop and rest, don't you? Well, unless you're a, some sort of an elite athlete, I'm, you can tell from my body that I'm not an elite athlete. <laughs> and they push on sometimes to get endurance. But you normally stop and rest when you're physically tired. When you're emotionally tired, what do you do? You become exhausted, so you try and focus on something else and you walk away from it. But spiritual tiredness actually works in the opposite way. I, I don't mean you shouldn't take a break from what you're doing. If you're doing ministry for God, take a break, sure. But the way it works opposite is we are meant to draw closer to God. It's a time where Jesus is saying, come to me. We are meant to go closer to God. We're not meant to draw away from him. So it works the opposite way to all the forms of tiredness. We're meant to spend more time reading his word. We're meant to spend more time in prayer. We're meant to seek fellowship with one another. But sometimes we think it's the opposite way. We, we think we, we, we need to have rest. We need to separate from people. But it's ab absolutely the opposite. Can we have the second slide, please? Thank you. So the rest of those verses say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We see what a yoke is. It's a wooden or metal beam. Sometimes it's a, lamp, a leather beam, and it's usually used between a pair of oxen just like this, and it makes sure they provide direction and they pull together on the load. But what does Jesus mean when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me? Well, he certainly doesn't mean that he's going to put a wooden beam or a leather strap on us and, and drive us in a particular direction. Clearly, he doesn't mean that. But, you know, on that day with Eve, God taught me what it means, once again, to take up his yoke. God reminded me of the importance of spiritual disciplines in our life, reading the word of God spending time in prayer and fellowship. And they are so important in maintaining our relationship with the Lord. You see, the truth of the scriptures is eternal. It lives forever. And God knew how I was feeling and he wasn't interested in, re I wasn't interested in reading the scriptures because I was too busy feeling sorry for myself, too busy telling myself I should be at home relaxing. But he said, come to me quite clearly and it wasn't an accident or some sort of coincidence that the passage I read and I'd read it millions of times before or hundreds of times before spoke directly into the way I was feeling that was no accident that's the power of God's word and the truth of God's word is essential for us to absorb the wisdom of his teaching and then to apply it to our lives. And sometimes we, the stuff is so familiar, we, we just brush it aside. Can we have the third slide, please? Thank you. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I don't know what you think about that, but that first part really took me. All scripture is God-breathed. I, I understand from, I've read enough books and studied enough to know that, that it's God-breathed, the scriptures. But I wonder when you open your Bibles, do you remember that, it's, that God has breathed this into people? I've been practicing for the last two or three weeks. You don't have to do 
the same. It's not magical. But I've been breathing out before I read the scriptures. Now, there's nothing magical in that. Nothing exciting happens. It's just me reminding myself that these words that I'm about to read, and I've read lots and lots of times before, God breathed them. It's his breath that gave us those words that inspired all those men thousands of years ago to know what the scriptures consist of. Because I don't know whether you're like me, I look at a passage and I read it and I go, oh yeah? <laughs> I just brush it because it's so familiar to me. God breathed on them. He breathed them into existence. You know, as followers of Jesus, of course, we need to be taught, don't we? You know, I don't know how long you've been a believer. I, I found faith from a very pagan background at the age of 19, and now I'm 72, and I should know everything, shouldn't I? No, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And sometimes God has to rebuke me or correct me and, and try and train me again in righteousness. If I, was, if I was in God's place and a teacher, I'd be very frustrated. I would think, what's wrong with Lyndon? He just doesn't learn. He's still going through the same stuff. But we need to be rebuked sometimes, corrected, so we know how God wants to live, us to live. It's about, it's about not only what we do, our actions, and we find our actions are easy. We turn up here for church and we all look relatively respectable, don't we? <laughs> well, you look very respectable, let's be honest. And we turn up here for church and we just think that's enough. But it's our attitudes. God knows the thoughts in our head. And God wants us to learn who we are. He says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. You know, if we don't read our Bibles, even if you're doing it under a bit of duress or like I was, we won't know what his commands are. It's a bit like going to the doctor. You go to the doctor and with some sort of an ailment, he writes you out a prescription, you go away and you take the prescription home but never take it to the pharmacy. It's not going to work. <laughs> And if we don't take God's word and, and, and soak it in and then apply it to our lives, it doesn't work. That's the reality. As you read the scriptures, will you ask yourself what God wants you to learn from them? What it is you want me to learn? You know, it's, it's very easy to see God's teaching as a, a call, a list of do's and don'ts. But God's word is empowered by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just come as a series of words. It comes because the Holy Spirit's there equipping us, helping us to know. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Can we have the next slide, please? Thank you. <coughs> he says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. You know, sometimes our lives I think are so busy and we're so self-reliant that we don't seek or listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance. I have no idea when I was in such a, a, a self-pity mode why I was able to hear the Holy Spirit's leading so strongly that day. I just know that it was dead. I was so self-absorbed with my own things. 
God knew how I was feeling. But the Holy Spirit's presence in my life, it's there always. It's just that we don't always listen for the Holy Spirit's presence. Prayer is this incredible conversation that we can have with God and we forget that sometimes. Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and position, prayer and petition, present your request to God. I wasn't asking God to take away how I was feeling. I should have been, but I wasn't. I was too busy feeling sorry for myself. It was a pity party and I was the only person invited to it. <laughs> you know, my prayers on that day might have been token, but Jesus was still there. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. From I am gentle and humble in heart. But, you know, the Holy Spirit's presence in our life and the scriptures and our times in prayer where we talk to God are not just about ourselves. They're about other people. You know, reading God's word, prayer, listening, helps us to grow personally, definitely, and to understand more completely what it means to walk hand in hand with God. And we're all different. Our personalities, our experience, they all shape us. But God's yoke equips us to share with others, no matter what your situation. Hebrews 13, 16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifice God is pleased. Are you trying to please God? On that morning, I think I was trying to please myself, not God. But I want to live my life in a way that it happens. You know, that short time with Eve was not just about buying a coffee and some hot chips. It was God using me to plant that seed of faith in her. And I'd love to think that at some point that seed of faith grows and she accepts Jesus as her Lord and Saviour. But it's not always the way it is. I love these verses. If we could have the next slide, please. And I, I know I spoke about these when I was talking about hands and feet. I said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. You know, when I read those verses, they're the most challenging verses in the Bible because I know I feel short. If you're walking my past my place and you're a stranger, I'm probably not going to invite you in. <laughs> I'm probably not going to realise you need clothes unless you're naked, then I'll definitely find you some clothes. <laughs> I'm not about feeding everybody that's homeless or hungry or anything else. I'll look after myself. And I love this church here that we're in because there are so many ways that we can fulfil some of these issues by this church. When you think about it, I, I might not have even got them. Or we have inflatable world. Who, who, who runs an inflatable world while church is on? We have the cafe. We have the men's shed. We have hands and feet. We have over 55 exercise classes. I'm staying away from those. <laughs> they sound too hard to me. We have playtime. We have men's and ladies' activities. We have people involved in Kairos. We have a counselling service here. We have futsal and all those sports that are played here. How amazing. And whilst they're all practical activities, have no doubt they are also have spiritual outcomes 
they build relationships. When we were here on the service that Lucinda was running so well for kids here, there was a family here and we asked them how they came to be here and they came here because they play sport here. Understand that all those things have spiritual outcomes. If you, if you doubt that, go to the men's shed. It's amazing. I've been to the men's shed a couple of times and anyone that knows me knows that I have no practical skills that I could use there except sitting alongside someone and talking. They are spiritual activities. They're a bit different. It's a different kind of church. That's what we do. But pray and ask God if he wants you to participate in one of them. But then, of course, there are all those individual activities where we can share God's love, and all of us are called to do these. Maybe it's just to pray for someone. Do you have people you pray for? I have a big list at home of people I pray for. Phone someone. Just tell them that you're missing them. Maybe write to them a letter or a card or a text message, or if you're under 35, you can probably ask them. There's probably a whole lot of other social media ways we can connect with people that I have no idea about. Maybe you invite them just to join you, to share a meal, to have a coffee, or call in to see them. Bring a gift, something that's a practical need for them. But be bold. Go and show God's love to them, those people that you know. And they are practical activities, but they do have spiritual outcomes. <coughs> we also consider sharing them with them about your friend, Jesus. I pray that you will. God knows that you find it very challenging. Most people would say, sharing my faith with someone is one of the most difficult things I could ever think of. But the truth of his word and the Holy Spirit goes before you. Ask God what he's calling you to do. And Colin, you might want to come up now. I know it's only just you, but thank you, Colin. You'd Thank you for blessing us uh, with what you do. If we could have the last slide, please. You read those words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you come to Jesus? Even when you're feeling tired, even when you're feeling fed up, even when you've been disappointed, will you come to him? Because he wants to provide you with rest. And will you take up his yoke, reading his word, praying and sharing with others? Will you take his yoke up? I'd like to pray with you and there's opportunities. There will be opportunities, I'm sure, for people to pray with you today. But I want to pray for you. And Lord, I pray for each and every person here. I pray, Lord, that you will bring your version of Eve's or Adam's across their paths. And Lord, will you help each and every one of us to share about our friend, Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.